Welcome to today's edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio. My name is James Bean. Today's program is focused on the life and spiritual wisdom of Baba Jamal Singh, famous disciple of Swamiji Maharaj, the great saint of Agra, India. We'll learn of Baba Jamal Singh's discovery of his guru, Swamiji, providing us with one of the very first glimpses of Swamiji in recorded history, which is quite fascinating. And we'll learn of the teachings of Baba Jamal Singh. Many believe that his spiritual master, Swamiji Maharaj, also known as Seth Shivdayal Singh or Sant Radhaswami Sahib, was one of the greatest mystics and saints of recent centuries in India. One way to learn more about Swamiji is to pay attention to the teachings of his immediate spiritual successors and disciples. Those include Baba Garab Das, the focus of last week's program, Huzur Maharaj Rai Seligram Bahadur, another disciple of Swamiji, the focus of next week's program, and the teachings and life of Baba Jamal Singh, my focus today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. An account of Baba Jamal Singh's spiritual seeking that led him to the feet of his spiritual master, Swamiji Maharaj. And we'll delve into his teachings at some point in a few minutes, in a bit, but I want to share this amazing account of how Baba Jamal Singh finds his spiritual master and it provides us with the first glimpse of Swamiji Maharaj in Agra, India. Baba Jamal Singh, a great saint. At the age of 16 years and 9 months, Jamal Singh set out on his spiritual explorations. Having well-nigh exhausted the Punjab and the Northwest with the words of the Peshwar Sikhs still reverberating in his ears, he bent his footsteps eastward. The times were insecure, and the British had not yet entrenched themselves in their new northern conquests. Night travel was therefore prohibited, and sentries were stationed at night on the chief highways to prevent any stray travelers. But Jamal Singh was too eager to be thus restricted. He would spend the first half of the night resting and sleeping, and in the second, while the sentries were drowsing and dozing, continue his journey as quickly as possible. Jamal Singh, not knowing where to go, directed his steps towards Hardwar on the banks of the Ganges, a favorite haunt of the holy. Traveling by night and by day, he footed the distance with commendable speed and in twelve days reached the Ganges. He explored the ghats of Hardwar, then a small town almost entirely populated by pundits and sadhus, hearing learned yogis, questioning them, and discussing his problems with them. From the main town he traveled alongside the river, visiting all the sacred spots in the neighborhood. 
Eventually he heard of a very old sadhu who was about 150 years old, it says here, who dwelt not far away in the heart of a thick jungle and possessed great powers, but seldom spoke to those who came to see him. Undaunted by the yogi's reported silence, Jamal Singh wended his way into the forest and at last found the hermit's dwelling. The sadhu, or monk, was busy with his spiritual practices and paid no heed to those who came to see him in order to be blessed by his sight. When the sadhu came back after his bath, he at last showed some signs of being aware of his visitor's presence. He asked him who he was and what he wanted. The youth told his name, the place from whence he came, and added, Holy One, for many years I have been in search of true spiritual enlightenment. I heard of your fame and your great powers, and have come as a supplicant to your door. I have watched with interest your strange practices, and if indeed they grant full liberation from inner restlessness, then pray instruct me into their secrets. The sadhu made no reply. He sat silent and closed his eyes, and opening them after a while, he answered, My son, my discipline is difficult and bestows many powers, but as for spiritual freedom, I am afraid it has not secured me that. Jamal Singh wished to question the yogi still further, but the latter became silent and receded from the world of outer consciousness into that of meditation. The yogi at last rose from his seat and spent the second night in the same manner as the first. When day broke, he went for his bath and on returning beckoned Jamal to his side. My son, I cannot tell you much, he said, but in my meditation I saw that the guru you seek dwells with his wife in Agra. He is indeed a great soul, and discourses from the Granth Sahib, the Sikh scriptures. He shall unlock for you the treasures of the Panch Shab, the five sounds. Proceed there, and I myself will follow as soon as I can to partake of his bounty. What a burden fell off Jamal Singh's back! How many nights had he spent tossing and praying, wondering if God would ever grant his wishes? The stranger at Peshwar had given him hope, but his words were vague, and nothing was certain. Now at last a definite clue had been given to him, and success appeared within sight. Success appeared within sight. The Lord was indeed kind and did not ignore his humble servant's supplication. Refreshed in spirit and confident in mind, the youth with a heart overflowing with inexpressible gratitude, bowed before the yogi now enwrapped in silence, and humbly took his leave. The Consummation As Baba Jamal Singh traveled in search of this guru, try as he might, his explorations seemed to lead nowhere. He could find no clue of the man he sought. Were his hopes baseless? Was the promise given him at Peshwar and confirmed in the heart of a forest on the banks of the sacred Ganges only a hoax and a delusion? Perhaps there had been error, 
perhaps he was not yet ripe for the gift? Many thoughts crowded Jamal Singh's mind as he sat contemplating on the banks of the river one morning after having bathed in its waters. While he sat this morning, two men approached him, discussing personal matters. At first he took scant notice of them, for many came daily for a dip in the sacred river. But then a word shot through his ears, and he was all attention. Yes, they were talking of a Swamiji, a great sage, who often discoursed upon the Sikh scriptures at his home to a small audience. Jamal Singh was on his feet. He accosted the strangers, inquiring of them about the great man of whom they spoke, and begged to be conducted to his dwelling. As soon as the two devotees had finished bathing, they set out with Jamal Singh for Panagali, where lived the great Swamiji. When the three reached their destination, the master was speaking on the Japji, the morning prayer of Guru Nanak, expounding its profound meaning and unearthing the spiritual treasures hidden in its lyrical ecstasy. There were only a few listeners, and Jamal Singh slipped quietly into a corner. He heard the discourse with rapt attention, drinking in every word that fell from the lips of the saint. When the morning assembly was over, Swamiji welcomed his new visitor and wished to be acquainted with the object of his visit. I am in search of the gift of Nam and a saint who can bestow its blessings upon me, replied Jamal Singh. I heard of your greatness and have hastened to your door. At this point in the reading, it says that Jamal Singh spent a lot of time asking Swamiji questions, hung out there with the disciples of Swamiji, spent some time attending the satsangs and soaking in the wisdom and the spiritually charged atmosphere there at Panagali in Agra, India. And he was ready eventually for initiation into the mysteries of spiritual practice. Swamiji then began to instruct him into the theory and practice of Surat Yoga, the meditation upon the inner light and sound of God. The term Surat Yoga, if translated into English, means the attention faculty of the soul becoming yoked to or united to, become, becoming one with the positive power of the Shabd, which can be seen as inner light and heard as inner sound or different sounds or different levels of music. Swamiji then began to instruct him into the theory and practice of Surat Shabd Yoga, and when the instructions were over, asking the youth of seventeen to sit down for meditation, he left the room. As soon as Jamal Singh sat down for meditation, he got lost in samadhi, got utterly absorbed in a very deep meditation. The night came and passed away. The day broke, but he continued, motionless, lost in the inner bliss he had discovered. Another day saw itself swallowed up by the night, and the night saw itself replaced by another day. And yet the youth sat lost to the world around him.
When some forty-eight hours had thus gone by, Swamiji asked some of the disciples if they knew where the visitor from the Punjab had disappeared. We saw him two days ago at the Satsang, they said, but we have not seen him since. Swamiji smiled and proceeded straight to the little room where he had left the latest disciple, his latest disciple, and which none had entered for two days. He placed his hand on Jamal Singh's head, and when the latter's soul returned to the normal physical consciousness and he opened his eyes, he saw his guru beaming at him. Do you, my boy, still doubt if your master be a true Sikh or not? He asked with a twinkle in his eye. The lad wished to fall at his feet. But the long spell of Samadhi had left his joints numb and still. Swamiji suggested that he rub his legs, and when Jamal could move, he conducted him outside. In other words, he got him moving again, getting him back into his body after being in a deep state of meditation for a couple of days. That's quite a deluxe version of initiation into Surat Shabd Yoga, I must say. That little room, by the way, that may be the famous room where Swamiji grew up and practiced most of his meditation. There are descriptions of that little room elsewhere in the literature of the Radhaswami faith, a small room in the bottom of his home, very dark and quiet, almost like a sensory deprivation chamber, a quiet cave on demand almost, if you will, where Swamiji spent much time in meditation. That would be an amazing place to meditate. People still do meditate in that little room. It has a spiritually charged atmosphere, and I'm sure more so then with Swamiji conducting his own initiations in that little room. The lad wished to fall at his feet, but the long spell of Samadhi had left his joints numb and still. Swamiji suggested that he rub his legs, and when Jamal could move, he conducted him outside. And gazing at him fondly, he said, You too shall do one day the work I carry on now. Our path is not concerned with outer forms and rituals, and each of us must live by the best traditions of the community in which the Lord has been pleased to place us. He then began commending the teachings of Guru Nanak and the Sikh gurus, and said that those who were their followers needed little instruction. Swamiji said, Always abide by the injunctions of the Granth Sahib, he continued. Jamal Singh heard with reverent attention his master's advice, and ever afterward tried to model himself on the same. He devotedly attended the daily satsang, and assisted in whatever manner lay within his reach. He passed training, uh, rather his past training had disciplined him well for his spiritual sadhana or spiritual meditation practice, and he would devote himself untiring, uh, untiringly to bhajan, that's referring to inner sound meditation. Under Swamiji's guidance and with his phenomenal inner progress, new mysteries were daily revealed to him, the mysteries of which Guru Nanak 
Kabir and Tulsi Sahib had so ecstatically sung. In those days, during the mid-50s, that's the mid-1850s, Swamiji did not have a large following. He had not yet begun giving public discourses and confined his meetings to small private audiences at his home in Panagali, in Agra, after having discontinued his talks at the Gudwara. I assume that's a local Sikh temple in Agra. Seven or eight of his disciples were especially devoted to him and constantly sought his company. And there was great affection and harmony. Every morning the master gave an inspiring talk, displaying before his listeners' eyes the spiritual treasures hidden in the Granth Sahib or the writings of Kabir and other great saints. After the morning satsang, those present sat down for their meals. The food was cooked by Swamiji's wife, who came subsequently to be addressed as Radhaji, as a mark of public respect and adoration, while Swamiji personally served the food to all with loving attention to each. In the afternoons and evenings, there would often be informal conversations and discussions, and at times regular discourses. What I've just shared with you is a reading from a book about Baba Jamal Singh called A Great Saint, Baba Jamal Singh, compiled by Kirpal Singh. And it provides us with one of the earliest accounts of Swamiji Maharaj, one of the very first glimpses of this great master of Agra, India. He was developing a reputation in the mid-1850s and had a small home satsang, a private satsang, at his home and was conducting a few initiations there in that tiny meditation room in the basement of his home, a very quiet, dark, cave-like room, a great place for meditating and a very spiritually charged atmosphere, I'm sure. This satsang had not gone public yet. It was a by-invitation-only kind of quiet satsang. It also said that prior to this home satsang, Swamiji used to give some discourses at a Sikh Gudwara, Sikh temple in the area. That's interesting to take note of also. But it only refers to eight people or several people. It's a very small group there during the earliest days of Swamiji's satsang there in Agra. But Baba Jamal Singh heard of it and made his way there and was initiated into the mysteries of the kingdom of God within, the mysteries of inner light and sound meditation directly by Swamiji and hung out there as part of that circle of disciples around Shiv Dayal Singh, known as Swamiji Maharaj, and sometimes referred to as Sant Radhaswami Sahib, an early glimpse into 
Swamiji there in Agra during the early days of his satsang. After the break, we'll delve into the spiritual teachings of Baba Jamal Singh, disciple of Swamiji Maharaj. The name of the program is Spiritual Awakening Radio. My name is James Bean. This satsang edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio is a pleasure to share. Baba Jamal Singh has some deep things to say about inner light and sound meditation and living a spiritual life on earth, and we shall delve into the teachings of Baba Jamal Singh after this break. Although the disciples of Swamiji Maharaj reached two thousands in number, yet three of them were most prominent. They were Rai Bahadur Salagram at Agra, Baba Garabdas of Delhi, and Maharaj Baba Jaimal Singh in the Punjab, Jaimal Singh's spiritual letters. Baba Jamal Singh as I pronounce his name, it could be also Baba Jaimal or Jamal Singh, I like and go with my habitual pronunciation of Baba Jamal Singh. He was born in 1839 and passed on in 1903, popularly referred to as Babaji Maharaj. He was a Punjabi from the Punjab province of northwestern India. He became a disciple of the great master of Agra, Swamiji Maharaj. He served as a soldier in the British Indian Army. After retirement, he settled in a desolate and isolated spot outside the town of Bayas in a hut by the river and became a spiritual teacher or Satguru. That location became known as the Dera. Baba Jamal Singh and is now the world center of the Radhaswami Satsang Bayas organization. Baba Jamal Singh had two spiritual successors. He granted his will to Baba Sawan Singh, appointing him to be his successor and the next master at Bayas. And Baba Baga Singh was his successor in charge of the Radhaswami Satsang Tarn Taran a sister organization, a sister branch of the Radhaswami faith. And now for some teachings about Baba Jamal Singh's practice, known as Surat Shabd Yoga, focusing on the inner light and sound of God, as a way of theosis, becoming one with God by merging into the divine light and merging into the divine sound. That is the divinization process in the teachings of Baba Jamal Singh, becoming one with the sound of God in order to gain union with God. He says, listen to the Shabdadun, the sound current, calling in your heart every day with great love and devotion for 15 minutes or 10 minutes or 5 minutes or for an hour or two 
according to the time at your disposal, but you must listen to it every day for a while. This is one of the most often repeated teachings of Baba Jamal Singh in his spiritual letters. Listen to the sound every single day. Always meditate every day. Don't skip a day. Always meditate every single day and listen to the sound. Do what you can with meditation on the sound every single day. Listen to the Shabda Dun calling in your heart every day with great love and devotion. That's how he teaches us to approach meditation practice in a spirit of bhakti and prem. We approach meditation not as a habit or dry ritual, but with love and devotion. That's the true approach of meditation in the Sant tradition. Bhakti, love and devotion, is the foundation of meditation practice. That's the spirit that we approach it with. He says, meditate on the sound with, with love and devotion for 15 minutes or 10 minutes or 5 minutes or for an hour or two, according to the time at your disposal, but you must listen to it every day for a while. There is nothing more important than meditation. Increase this practice from day to day. Never decrease it. Do bhajan and simran every day. Bhajan is a term for inner sound meditation done in a spirit of love and devotion or bhakti. And simran refers to the repetition of sacred names of God. This can be done during meditation. It's actually the first step or stage of meditation practice. But people can take simran breaks throughout the day and in whatever state of consciousness you're in, the dream state, the waking state, or the meditative state, you can do simran, the art of remembering God by repeating his names, thus spiritualizing the day, refocusing, recentering constantly by focusing on the sacred names of God. Baba Jamal Singh says, There's nothing more important than meditation. Increase this practice from day to day. Never decrease it. While in meditation, do not think about worldly problems. Then the mind will become still. Argue with the mind. Thus, when you are asleep, you forget all activities of the world. What do you lose at that time? If it does not affect you adversely, then why do you indulge in worldly thoughts now? If it does not affect you adversely, then why do you indulge in worldly thoughts now? If you do not recall affairs of the world during meditation, will anything go amiss? Be firm and bring the mind round with determination. Isn't that amazing? Argue with your mind, reason with your mind, saying you will not lose out if you just quit for a while and let me meditate talking to your mind as a separate entity if you will reasoning with it to cease bothering you the normal mundane thought processes can come to a halt during meditation Bhajan and Simran is our real work 
This will always accompany you because it is a gift of the Satguru. It may grow more, but it will never diminish. Here he is saying that the attainment that we gain during meditation is the only thing that we can take with us during this life into the next life, into the beyond. Whatever progress we make during meditation, that goes with us. We can take it with us, if we're referring to that. The state of consciousness that we attain during meditation is always with us into the future. Baba Jamal Singh says, Please carry on your bhajan and simran practice every day and read from the Sarbachan poetry of Swamiji Maharaj every day as well. After the break, we'll delve more into the meditation practice, the inner sound practice described by Baba Jamal Singh. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio. Stay tuned for more after this break. Today, the teachings of Baba Jamal Singh, spiritual master and successor and disciple of Swamiji Maharaj of Agra. He says, fix your surat and nairat and nijman or mana with devotion in the Shabda Dun. Fix the hearing faculty of your soul and the seeing faculty of your soul and the inner mind or real mind with devotion in the sound current just to translate that he says if you listen for 10 minutes or 5 minutes or 4 minutes or 2 minutes or even 1 minute with love and devotion Millions of sins and obstacles will be removed. And after being purified and testing and distinguishing the notes of the dun, the inner sound, you will merge into it and enjoy the bliss. You will know which note to bypass and which one to merge into. Here, Baba Jamal Singh is describing inner sound meditation is not just about listening to various sounds inside during meditation, but merging into the sound itself. As if the sound is a river of sound and you are swimming in it. He says, whenever you are free from duty, you should not waste your time even a little, nor fritter away the attention of your mind for this time will not come to you again, even for a minute, and we have to carve a place for ourselves in the Shabda Dun, the inner sound, while 
we are still in this body. Baba Jamal Singh. Here echoing a timeless teaching that has turned up in the teachings of many saints, Gnostics, and scriptures of the East and West. While we are in the body is when we can make spiritual progress. Seek to see him now while you can. While you are alive, attain liberation while living. Ascend now while you live, while you're in this human form. Make use of this golden opportunity. Make progress now. If not now, when? Experience the divine now. And make spiritual progress during this life. Baba Jamal Singh, listen to the sound current every day when you are free and do Simran even while walking. Then all your worldly work will be done by the Master himself. Do not worry in any way. The Lord himself has given you this way to meet him. So you should consider this your great good fortune, and you should always hold on to the sound current. One day it will surely take you to Sachkhand, his term for the eternal, timeless, spiritual realm, the home of the soul. He says, listen to the sound current every day when you are free and do Simran, even while walking. Then all your worldly work will be done by the Master himself. Do not worry in any way. The Lord himself has given you this way to meet him. So you should consider this your great good fortune, and you should always hold on to the sound current. One day it will take you to such kind. Listen to the Shabdadun, the sound current, every day, and also keep Simran, the repetition of the holy names, the five names, in the mind, for then the compassionate Huzur will do your official work himself. To become purified and acquire the power to reach Sachkhand, the true eternal timeless spiritual realm, to possess the energy to ascend to each stage to obtain bliss by reaching the levels of Alak or beyond perception, the sixth plane, Agam Lok, the inaccessible plane associated with the seventh level, and Anami Lok, the eighth plane, the plane of the Lord of the Soul, and merging into it and to break loose from all attachments in order to become liberated, all will be attained through the munificence of the Satguru's real form, the Shabdadun, by listening repeatedly to it every day. Please have no anxiety about your reaching such Khand. This Shabdadun, with its fivefold aspect, which has been given to you, will one day take you to Sachkhand. Hold on to it, because it comes from Sachkhand. It comes only to take up the Jiva Atma, or the Surat Soul, of those who have been initiated by a Satguru, into the five Shabs, the five sounds. 
as the surat or the soul gets cleansed more and more, it will ascend higher and higher. You should please attend to your bhajan and simran every day, whenever you have leisure, and keep your thought in simran all the time, even while working, walking, or sitting, all the time. And this from you is acceptable to Huzur or Swamiji. Listen to the Shabdadun, the sound current, and remember, whether the mind takes to it or not, or takes to it incompletely, all the time that you thus devote is credited to you. You will get what you want. Everything follows bhajan. Where there is bhajan, or meditating upon the inner sound, everything comes automatically. Let the current of Shabdadun dwell in your mind. Then see the bliss you get. Amazing verses from Baba Jamal Singh on the power of everyday practice, a little at a time, every single day, over time, really adds up. Thus, his tremendous emphasis on meditating every single day. You're listening to Spiritual Awakening Radio. Stay tuned for more, more readings from Baba Jamal Singh after this break. Classical ragas used during Spiritual Awakening Radio come from Maine-based artist Paul Alexander John, who plays the Indian Bansuri bamboo flute. If you'd like to receive a copy of a PDF file booklet about the life and teachings of Baba Jamal Singh, I can send a copy to you for free. Send me an email at this address, James at spiritualawakeningradio.com or send a text message to the following number leaving your email address in your text message the number is 508-603-9381 it's actually a booklet featuring excerpts from the teachings of Baba Jamal Singh to be found at the kripalsingh.org website which has many great booklets, including one about Baba Jamal Singh. I can send you the PDF file or the link to the booklet. You can download it. I highly recommend it as a great source of information on Baba Jamal Singh's teachings. Baba Jamal Singh said, As you are busy with work, the mind should be fixed in Simran, the repetition of the names, while the body attends to work. Listen to the Shabdadun, the sound current, every day, even though it be for ten minutes, but do it every day, and believe it firmly in your mind that one day the Satguru will take you to Sach Khan, the true, timeless, eternal realm. Also read 
Shabads from the Bani, even though you read only one Shabad. And whenever you attend to any work, think it is the Satguru himself who is doing everything. I am doing nothing. Whether it is worldly work or it is spiritual work, all is Satguru's. I am nothing. Only thou art. Then all is the Satguru. Here Baba Jamal Singh is saying that it's good to read some mystical hymns or poems every day. Most likely he is referring to the Sarbachan Radhaswami poetry of his own spiritual master Swamiji. But it is also true that there is a whole vast galaxy of mystic poetry and hymns from the Sikh gurus, the Adi Granth, hymns of Kabir, Namdev, Ravidas, Mirabai, Tulsi Sahib, Tulsi Das, Dadu Dayal. Countless are the lovers of the beloved. There are many mystic poems or verses to choose from. And it's good to read such devotional bhakti, mystic poetry or hymns, every day. Even if you only read one paragraph or one page or one Shabbat or hymn each day, it's very helpful to read that wonderful mystic poetry every day as part of your spiritual practice. He also here speaks of seeing the Master work through you, the Master within working through you, that we are an agent for the Master, we are a co-worker in the divine plan to see things from that perspective. It's not me doing something, it's the master within that's acting through me, that's doing everything. Another very universal teaching of the Sants. Baba Jamal Singh says, whatever business or work you have, know it to be the Sat Gurus. Take yourself out of it and look upon yourself as only his agent, Satguru is the real doer. Kal Naringen, the lord of time, lord of illusion, the demiurge, the false god, the negative power, referred to as the Kal. Kal practiced a great deception, says Baba Jamal Singh. Kal practiced a great deception by causing the souls to be entangled in the world and tied up with such ropes as the various religions, holy books, shastras, wranglings, and disputes, the pride of caste, idol worship, pilgrimages, putting one's faith and trust in those who are past and gone, and such other karmas, actions, and disciplines, etc. The entire world is tied with the ropes of love for parents, wife, family, and other worldly relations and attachments. No one was shown the way to reach Sachkhand, our true home. Rather, they were put as far from the road as possible. But Radhaswami himself, the Lord of the soul himself, has taken great compassion and mercy upon us and came down in the form of a saint or saint gave the clue of all the spiritual regions and showed the way to reach Sachkhand via Shabda Dun, the sound current. 
Therefore, when the path which leads home has been shown, one should tread it every day. In the Granth Sahib or Sikh scriptures, also this sound current or Shabdadun has been mentioned as omnipotent and omniscient. An amazing paragraph from Baba Jamal Singh. Everyone in the world is all attached and tied up and distracted. And no one talks about the path of liberation. Just all this other stuff, wranglings and disputes and nonsense and attachments. Distractions to the left and distractions to the right. Never ending and nothing but. Baba Jamal Singh says, You should never think of anything as your own because everything belongs to Akal Parush, the timeless, not Kal, but Akal Parush, Anami Radhaswami, the Supreme Being. Body, life, sons, daughters, wife, parents, wealth, house, property, all belong to him. All this should be given back to him. Do not keep yourself in anything. When you have rendered everything to God, then everything is Him, and you are also Him. Render everything to Him. Then you attend to your worldly work, also to Bhajan and Simran, but always feel in your mind that I am not doing anything. I simply am not. Whatever pleasure or pain comes, Accept it cheerfully, always realize that the Satguru is everything. Satguru in his Shabd form is with you and is protecting you every moment. Thanks for joining me today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. I will leave you with this verse once again. Satguru in his Shabd form is with you and is protecting you every moment.